The Reluctant Father Years of working as a nurse in labor and delivery, and I would say I've pretty much seen all types of dads during labor. There are the old school dads who believe that men have no place in the labor room, even though they were the ones who put the women there in the first place. They prefer to stay in the background, pacing the hallways back and forth, ready to spring into action to hand out cigars when the time is right. It's a boy! It's a girl! Then we have the Lamas class standouts, determined to conquer the world of pain with newfangled breathing and imagery techniques. Breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. Then you have the Super Bowl fanatics, who stay glued to their TV sets and only want progress reports during halftime commercials. Touchdown! It's a boy! Then you also have those that require more attention than their wives. These are the ones whom the mere mention of blood or other bodily fluids can get them all queasy. Be sure to show them where the nearest sink. Oh, you might want them to step out when wifey is having an epidural. The sight of that long, nasty needle has made many a grown man cry. Watch out! The big noisy thud that you hear might be one of these dads fainting. The bigger they are, the harder they fall, literally. I mean, I try not to judge. After all, different strokes for different folks, right? But when I came across a a dad who did not even want to hold his baby and even refused the matching ID band for his wrist, I did more eye-rolling that day than my youngest daughter ever did in her teen years. What has this world come down to? That day in question was one I'd find hard to forget. That day, it was business as usual for the zoo that was our L&D unit. I was charge nurse, so I did my rounds on the patients. In one room was a young patient who was doing a pretty good imitation of the girl in The Exorcist thrashing around in bed, snarling obscenities at everyone in sight, and spewing projectile vomit across the room. In our defense, she was offered pain meds and epidural throughout labor, but she refused everything. And now that she was at the peak of her pain, and she found that it was too late to get anything, she went Linda Blair on us, acting like one possessed. Don't worry, most patients do go back to their sweet old selves after childbirth. Well, most do anyway, not all. It was the complete opposite in the other room with another young patient. Even at the height of her labor, thanks to the magic of epidural, she was the picture of self-control, entertaining visitors, posting selfies, and sharing TMIs over the phone. Yeah, the doctor stuck his nasty fingers down my vajayjay, and he said I was almost gonna have a baby. I don't even feel any constructions because of my epidermis. I'm so happy I listened to the nurse, even if mom didn't want me to get it, the epidural. She flashed me a thumbs up in response to my greeting, not missing a beat as she continued to video chat with her friends. Ah, life is so simple when you're young and clueless. On the other hand, a not-so-young patient was having a hissy fit in triage when she found out her ultrasound results. Now, she was at this delicate age group 
for it was still possible for her to get pregnant, but the chances were one in a gazillion. She had the body with matching belly that could either be a result of either superior reproductive prowess or a combo of poor dietary choices, hormones gone haywire, and the delusions of youth. Patient claimed that she had gone to her OBGYN in another hospital a week ago and was told she was six months pregnant and that the baby was fine. When she woke up this morning, baby wasn't moving, hence her visit today. The doctor had ordered an ultrasound upon her arrival. Problem was, the ultrasound showed no fetal cardiac activity, meaning there was no baby heartbeat. Worse, it said no gestational sac which meant that she wasn't pregnant at all. As you can imagine, she did not like being told that she was not pregnant. She went ballistic, demanding that the nurses give her back her baby. Then she turned to the ultrasound tech and accused her of vacuuming out her baby with a tube because the tech did a transvaginal ultrasound and had to insert the probe inside her vagina. There was no getting through to her. She was getting more belligerent by the minute. We were at our wits' end, trying to appease this mad woman who insisted that we stole her baby. Thankfully, her boyfriend arrived in the nick of time to calm her down and take her home. He apologized and explained that his girlfriend had been rounding hospitals saying she was pregnant when she actually wasn't. He also disclosed that she has sight problems exacerbated by her skipping meds. Whew, that figures. Just when you think things couldn't get any worse, it did. Paramedics brought in this patient whose screams were as ear-splitting as the ambulance siren. Scream! We heard her all the way from the lobby going up, the, up going up the elevator, winding down the hallway, and finally ending in the room which we hastily prepared for her. Now, me and my crew, we are seasoned labor and delivery nurses. We pride ourselves on being able to handle moaning moms and crying babies. But this woman's screams, they were out of this world. Scream! Her screams were so blood-curdling that we had to drop everything while it was happening. Then when it was over, we would scramble around like frenzied ants, trying to get as much done before the next scream came. We felt like a quivering ball of jello that got zapped by a taser gun. Such was the power of this woman's voice. It was the definition of mayhem in that room. We knew, for the sake of our sanity, that we needed to get this woman delivered ASAP. We tag-teamed to get the job done. One started her IV, another monitored her baby, and someone else looked for the doctor. The primary nurse attempted to do history and physical, but between the patient screaming and pushing, and her no speak English, and our poco español, plus no time to get a phone translator or a Spanish-speaking nurse, well, you get the picture. Scream! This time around, it was my turn to scream. Inside my head, of course, I was drowning in a sea of Filipino nurses with not a drop of legit Espanol in sight. 
most of us Filipinos can conjugate a verb like there's no tomorrow. All us uh, amos eyes on, but fluent conversational Spanish is not our forte. Couldn't use the telephone translator either because patient wouldn't stop screaming long enough to talk on the phone. The hospital translator was on her way but wasn't there yet. The Spanish-speaking nurses were all busy with their patients. What to do? This poor lady needed the real deal to give her support and also to knock some sense into her. All this screaming while pushing was getting her nowhere. Hmm, maybe her family was around? I asked her, Señora, ¿tu esposo aquí? Ma'am, is your husband here? Patient answered, Si, yes. Bingo! I sent my co-worker to find her husband. Scream! A few minutes later, she came back with the guy in tow. He looked like he wanted to be anywhere but there. But, hey, who can blame him? Labor is a foreign territory to most men. Well, whatever. I was so excited to see him that I could just kiss him. I eagerly grabbed him before he had a chance to run away. I said to him, Señor Baja, not his real name of course, Aquí, aquí por favor, ayuda tu esposa, agarra su pierna así. Sir, here, here, please, help your wife, grab her legs like this. Oh, by the way, don't be impressed. I Google translated this. My actual Spanish probably scared the guy even more. The guy looked at the patient, then at me, then he dutifully grabbed her leg while he shut his eyes real tight and looked away. Poor guy, he looked so lost and frightened. Well, who wouldn't be with all this ruckus? Scream! I, I told the patient and the, the father. Ya viene, ya viene. It's coming, it's coming. Señor, ¿quieres mirar? Sir, do you want to look? As I said, don't be impressed. I've memorized quite a few Spanish lines in my lifetime. The guy looked at me, horrified, and shook his head vigorously. The ferocity of his reaction surprised me. Gee, I thought to myself, don't look then if you don't want to. Blood-curdling scream! Yes! Baby was finally out. I didn't even know if it was a boy or a girl. I didn't care. All I knew was that the baby was out. And we'll finally have a crack at world peace. Just kidding. Everybody was now all smiles and congratulations. Even my little senora of a patient was smiling and looking a little embarrassed at making such a scene. After all, this wasn't her first rodeo. We found out between screams that this was her fifth baby. We thought we would finally have peace and quiet, but no. Baby inherited mom's pair of healthy and highly functional lungs, and he had no problem using them. But it's alright. He's not as loud. Give him a few years. Since the doctor has a stitch-up mom, I led the visibly shaken father to a quiet corner so he could sit down. After all, he deserved some R&R too. I told him, Señor, felicidades! Siéntese, por favor. ¿Quieres cargar su bebé? 
Sir, congratulations. Sit down, please. You want to hold your baby? Again, he shook his head as vigorously as last time. What's up with this guy? Patience said this was her fifth baby, so it can't be new father jitters. Never seen such a reluctant dad before. He would not even sit down, just stood there shuffling his feet, looking down at the floor like the guilty guy in a suspect lineup. Mom was exhausted, so I put the baby in the warmer. I was helping with the tidying up of the room when I heard one of the nurses say, The dad won't allow us to put the band on him. This was the matching ID band that mom, dad, and baby are supposed to have. Okay, so what gives? This guy was taking the reluctant father act a little too far. Let me find a translator, I thought to myself, as I got ready to leave the room. Just then, a Spanish-speaking nurse, let's call her Frida, came in. Oh, boy, am I glad to see you, Frida. Can you help us out here? We're having some issues. I gave her a quick rundown. After chatting briefly with the guy, Frida said in a very matter-of-fact voice, He said it's not his baby. Ah, that explained his reluctance. So Esposa was having an affair. Okay, since it's not his, does he still want to be here for his wife or baby? Or what's the plan? Brief consult. Then Frida said, He said it's not his wife or baby. What? What does he mean it's not his wife or baby? What is he doing here then? Brief consult then. He doesn't know either. What? Wait a minute, what? By this time, even Frida was confused. So she had the guy sit down and tell her the whole story, not just bits and pieces as he chose. Okay, so this guy said that he was running down the hallway looking for his wife's room when an Asian nurse came out of nowhere and asked if he was Senior Baja. Again, not his real name. He said yes because that was indeed his name. Then the nurse grabbed him and brought him inside a room. Next thing he knew, another Asian nurse started talking to him in Spanish and ordered him to grab this lady's leg. Hey, I asked nicely. I didn't order him. Besides, they looked at each other. Couldn't one of them say, Excuse me, there's been a mistake here. Quick consult, then Frida said. When he heard the lady scream, he got so scared and his mind went blank. He just did everything he was told. He did not want the lady to scream at him. Also, he was happy to help. I said, happy to help? Did he think this was some kind of Boy Scout program where you get a badge every time you stand in for a delivery? What in the world was he thinking? Um, senora, I turned to the patient. You knew he wasn't your husband. Why didn't you tell us nurses? You said your husband is here. Where is he? Is he still in the lobby, waiting? Patient said via translator, My husband is here, but not here, here. He's working. Oh, why did you say he was here then? I asked her. And she replied, Because he's here in Los Angeles, but not here in the hospital. 
wow. I mean, just wow. The logic just blew my mind. Good thing everybody else, including the patient, found the whole thing hilarious. Everybody was laughing their heads off. The reluctant dad was a little hesitant at first, but soon he was in the thick of things, playing for laughs. He swore up and down that he didn't see anything because he had his eyes shut tight like this. Then he showed us how. More laughter. Great! Everyone was turning into comedians. After the mystery of the reluctant father was finally solved, we sent the guy off to his rightful wife before he got into any more trouble. We made sure he was duly escorted by a Spanish-speaking nurse. One, to vouch for his story, and two, to make sure he wouldn't be grabbed by another Asian nurse again. When I came back to the room, Frida told me, Hey, guess what the patient told me when I asked why she didn't say anything to the nurses? What? I asked. She said that she knew he wasn't her husband, of course. Her husband was viejo y feo, old and ugly. But she figured if the guy didn't object, why should she? Then Frida added, then guess what else she said? She said it was nice to be with another guy for a change. She said it's not every day that her legs get caressed by a man who was not only handsome, but smelled good as well. Senora! I gasped as I turned around towards the patient. She had been listening to us all this time. She gave me a mischievous grin. Then she winked at me. I was shocked. Who knew our screaming senora had such a wicked sense of humor? Learned something valuable that day. Never ever judge a book by its cover, nor a woman by her screams. Disclaimer, this is a work of fiction. Any resemblance to actual events or persons, screaming or not screaming, is purely coincidental. All HIPAA regulations have been strictly adhered to. Even the fingerprints and DNA of the cartoon images have been carefully extracted and discarded. As for the author behind A Writer on the Sly, he or she is actually a fictional character. The real author is a fly on the wall with dreams of making it big someday. He or she is in the process of changing this blog title to a fly on the wall.